بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم صلى الله وسلم وبارك على نبينا محمد وعلى اله وصحبه وسلم تسليما كثيرا غفر الله لنا ولشيخنا وللمستمعين والمسلمين يقول الشيخ الاسلام رحمه الله تعالى في رسالته الحقيقه الواسطيه وقوله ولولا اذ دخلت جنتك قلت ما شاء الله لا قوه الا بالله وقوله ولو شاء الله ما قتلوا ولكن الله يفعل ما يريد وقوله اذلت لكم بهيمه الانعام الا ما يتلى عليكم غير محل السيد انتم حرم ان الله يحكم ما يريد وقوله ومن يرد الله ان يهديه يشرح صدره للاسلام ومن يرد ان يذله يجعل صدره ضيقا حرجا كانما يسعد في السماء وقوله احسنوا ان الله يحب المحسنين واقسطوا ان الله يحب المقسطين فما استقاموا لكم فاستقيموا لهم ان الله يحب المتقين إن الله يحب التوابين ويحب المتطهرين وقوله قل إن كنتم تحبون الله فاتبعوني يحببكم الله وقوله فسوف يأتي الله بقوم يحبهم ويحبونه وقوله إن الله يحب الذين يقاتلون في سبيله صفا كأنهم بنيانا مخصوص وقوله وهو الغفور الودود بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله نحمده ونستعينه ونستغفره ونعوذ بالله من شرور انفسنا وسيئات اعمالنا ونشهد ان لا اله الا الله وحده لا شريك له له الملك وله الحمد وهو على كل شيء قدير ونشهد ان محمدا عبد الله وخليله ورسوله ارسله رحمه للعالمين بلغ الرساله وعد الامانه ونصح للأمة وجاهد في الله حق جهاده صلوات الله وسلامه عليه ورضوانه جل وعلا على صحابة محمد الذين آمنوا به وهاجروا معه وإليه وجاهدوا معه وبعده وحملوا راية التوحيد والدعوة إلى الله حتى نشر الله الإسلام وبلغ أكبر الأمر اللهم ارضى عنهم اجمعين واجعلنا جميعا من محبيهم الصادقين في محبتهم على محبه الله جل وعلا ومحبه رسوله صلى الله عليه وسلم كما نسال الله جل وعلا ان يجعلنا جميعا من الذين قال فيهم والذين جاءوا من بعدهم يقولون ربنا اغفر لنا ولاخواننا الذين سبقونا بالايمان ولا تجعل في قلوبنا غلا للذين امنوا هذه الكلمات التي ساقها شيخ الاسلام محمد شيخ الاسلام احد بن عبد الحليم بن تيميه الحراني رحمه الله عليه في رسالته العقيده الواسطيه كتبها لاهل واسط لما سالوه عن عقيده اهل الايمان في اول ما قرانا بما يتعلق باثبات السمع والبصر لله جل وعلا كيف نثبته نثبته مما قاله سبحانه 
الله جل وعلا اثبت انه يصنع ويبصر كل ما يتعلق بصفاته جل وعلا اثبته القران وسنه المصطفى صلى الله عليه وسلم يقول جل وعلا ليس كمثله شيء وهو السميع البصير يعني الله ليس له شبيه يشبه ولا ند يكافئ وهو السميع الذي يسمع البصير الذي يرى الم يقل الله جل وعلا لموسى وهارون انني معكما اسمع وارى وليس كمثله شيء لا احد مما يوجد من الخلق يشبه الله جل وعلا وهو جل وعلا السم كم بين الارض والسماء من المسافه وكم مسافه قطر كل سماء ثم كم بين كل سماء وسماء والله جل وعلا يسمع التحاور الناس وفي سورة قد سمع المجادلة سمع الله قول التي تجادلك إلى آخره تقول عائشة إنني معهم في الغرفة في الحجرة ويقول لي بعض كلامهما والله قال أسمع كلامه فهو جل وعلا الذي يسمع كل شيء ويقول في الآية الأخرى قوله ليس كمثل شيء هذه من سورة الشورى آتية من سورة النساء إن الله إما يعظكم به إن الله كان سميعا بصيرا لا شك شك أن السمع والبصر من صفات الكمال وصفات الكمال التي لا يعتريها نقص من صفات الله جل وعلا ففي هذه الآية وجميع ما ورد من القرآن من هذا المعنى دليل على أن الله جل وعلا يسمع ويرى تأتي هذه العناوين التي بين الأسطر هذه من وضع المنظم لهذه الرسالة اطلاعتها يقول إثبات المشيئة والإرادة لله سبحانه وتعالى يقول وقوله ولولا هذا في قصه الكهف الذي اعجبته جنته سر بها وباها كابر محدثا قال الله لان لا يعتب قال ولولا اذ دخلت جنتك يا يا أن الشخص المعتري بنفسه قلت ما شاء الله لا قوة إلا بالله يعني الحري بالإنسان إذا كانت له عنده نعم من الله جل وعلا أن يكون سريع المبادرة لاستذكار أن ذلك الفضل من الله وخير لك أيها المعجب بجنته 
لو قلت عندما دخلتها ما شاء الله لا قوه الا بالله يعني ما فيها من بهاء ونظره وثمار وامر تعجب كل ذلك من الله جل وعلا قال في الايه الثانيه هذه من سوره الكهف كما هو معلوم ولو شاء الله ما اقتتل الذين من بعدهم من بعد ما جاءتهم البينات ولكن اختلفوا فمنهم من امن ومنهم من كفر يعني هؤلاء الذين امنوا وهؤلاء الذين كفروا كل ما حصل منهم انما هو معلوم لله قبل ان يكون لكن الله اودع العباد عقولا صالحه للتمييز بين الحق والباطل وبين النافع والضار والله جل وعلا لو شاء لجعل الناس كلهم امه واحده لكنه اراد ان يميز الطائعين بما يستحقون واراد ان يعاقب المعرضين عن امره جل وعلا بما يستحقون وهو الحكم العدل ولو شاء الله ما اقتتلوا لو شاء الله جعل الناس امه واحده لو شاء الله ما اقتتلوا الذين من بعدهم من بعد ما جاءتهم البينات ولكن اختلفوا فمنهم من امن ومن كفر ولو شاء الله ما اقتتلوا ولكن الله يفعل ما يريد يعني جميع ما في الكون لا يمكن ان يحدث فيه شيء بدون علم الله ثم لا يمكن ان يحدث شيء ارتجالا من الفاعلين وانما يحصل بموافقته لقضاء الله وقدره ثم يقول فيما يتعلق بالمشيئه وحلت لكم بهيمه الانعام إلا ما يثنى عليكم غير محل الصيد وأنتم حرم إن الله يقول الله جل وعلا يختبر العباد أعطاهم عقول الله قال في سورة البلد وهديناهم نجدين أعطاه عقل ليميز الطريق الذي يفضي بسالكه إلى العمل أو يفضي بسالكه إلى الهلاك فإن وفق واستعمل عقله بمعرفة ما يوصل إلى خير أو يوصل إلى ردع فأحد لطريق الخير نجا بني بنو إسرائيل لما حرم الله عليهم على الصياد يوم السبت ابتلاهم فصارت الحيتان تخرج يوم السبت شرعا على سيف البحر ففكر الضالون كيف يتركونها حرم الله عليهم يوم السبت الاصطياح ماذا يفعلون؟ قاموا يحتالون يضعون شبابيكهم او حفر فاذا جاء 
صيد البحر وقع اذا زل او صار يوم الاحد جاءوا واخذوا فاعترض عليهم الخائفون من الله وعظوه لا اذا سبقت الاراده من الله جل وعلا ان هذا الشخص لا يستعظ يتمادى في الغيب ومع ذلك ارشد الله الى ان الانسان ينبغي ان يعد ولو خاف او يأس كما قال الله عن بني اسرائيل لما قال الخائفون للواعظين لما تعظون قوما انهم يهلكهم او معذبهم عذابا شديدا الواعظون ارادوا ان يقيموا الحجه لانفسهم بالعذر قالوا ما عذرت الا ربك ولعلهم ينفطرون لا تيأسوا من رحمه الله الا ما يلقى عليكم غير محل الصيد المسلمين المسلمون لما انزل الله هذا الشيء ما كان الا ان تكاثرت سود البر نظب وقر الوحش وغيرها من الصيد البري فما كان منهم الا ان سلموا الامر لله جل وعلا ولم يتعرضوا شيئا امتثالا لامر الله يعني ما فعلوا كما فعلت بنو اسرائيل بنو اسرائيل لهم سابقه سيئه يقولون لموسى اذهب انت وربك فقاتل ان ها هنا قاعدون لا المسلمون تجنبوا الصيد لما تكاثر امامهم وهم محجوزون خوفا من الله جل وعلا قال اذا لكم بهيمه الانعام الا ما يتعرض غير محل السيف بهيمه الانعام حلالا لكم من الابل والبقر والطائم والماعز حلال في فريد ملكياته قال الا غير محل الصيد وانتم حور لا يحل لكم ان تصطادوا من الصيد البري ما دمتم في حال احرامكم ان الله يحكم ما يريد هذا التقدير من الله ليس بدون سبب فانما جل وعلا هو اعلم بالحكمه عندما قرر امرا او ينهى عن عن امر فانما اوامره جل وعلا وما يقدره لحكم تليق بحال المسلمين بحال عباد الله جل وعلا وقوله فمن يرد الله يهديه يشرح صدره للاسلام ما في احد يمكن ان يهتدي بنفسه بقوته وقدرته لا ولذلك شرع لنا ان نسال الله الهدايه بل شرع الله لنا جل وعلا ان نساله الهدايه في كل يوم على اقل تقدير في خمسه مواقف من صلوات الفرائض الخمس في كل يوم يسال ربه الواحد اهدنا الصراط المستقيم هذا اعترافا بان الانسان لا يهدي نفسه 
والله قال لاشرف الخليقه انك لا تهدي من احببت ولكن الله يهدي من قال فمن يريد الله يهديه يشرح صدره بالاسلام ومن يريد ان يضله يعني من هناك ارادتان الاراده الشرعيه هي ما احله الله والاراده القدريه هي التي لا تخرج عن ما رسمه الله جل وعلا وكتبه كتبه القلم في اللوح عندما قال له اكتب ما هو كائن الى قيام الساعه قال ومن يريد يضله يجعل صدره ضيقا حرجا كانما يصعد في السماء يعني يكون الانسان لما تكون لم تسبق له من الله الهدايه يكون يحرج امام كل امر خير يصير كانه يصعد مع سلما صعب الصعود يصعب الصعود عليه ولذلك الشخص لما يقع مع درج طويله مرتفع يثور نفسه في طريقه يضيق صدره عما هو فيه الذي لم تسبق له الهدايه من الله كانما يرقى في امر غايه في الصعود في المشقه ثم فيه هنا اثبات الاول اثبات السمع والبصر والثاني اثبات المشيئه التي منها الاراده الشرعيه والاراده القدريه هذه هنا إثبات محبة الله ومودته لأوليائه على ما يليق بجلاله جل وعلا. يقول الله جل وعلا فيها: وأحسنوا إن الله يحب المحسنين. كيف الإحسان؟ يقول النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم إن الله كتب الإحسان على كل شيء. يعني احرص في أن تحسن ما تقوم به من عمل. ابذل جهدك حتى يكون عملك حسنا يرضاه الله فاذا رضي الله العمل انزع على بفضله جل وعلا اثار ذلك الرضا قالوا احسنوا ان الله يحب المحسنين في هذه الايه اثبات المحبه واقسطوا ان الله يحب المقسطين القسط هو العدل ان يعني يقسط الانسان ان يعدل معاملاته بعض الصبرات قال فنستقاموا لكم فاستقيموا لهم ان الله يحب المتقين الامر من الله جل وعلا ان نعامل الناس بموجب العدل ونحسن الى اهل الاحسان ومن يسيئون الى امر الله جل وعلا يستحقون العقوبه لا يقفل فاستقاموا لكم من تدعونهم الى الله ما استقاموا لكم من الاستجابه والرضا بما تدعون اليه من الخير استقيموا لهم اعتدلوا في تصرفاتكم معهم وابذلوا الاحسان لهم لان هذا مقتضى التقوى والله جل وعلا يحب المتقين وفي كل ذلك اثبات المحبه لله ويقول جل وعلا في ذات الاخرى في البقره ان الله يحب التوابين ويحب المتطهرين التواب الذي يتوب من الذنوب 
يعرف ان الذنب لا يرضاه الله اذا فعل الانسان ما لا يرضاه الله تعرض لعقوبه الله فاذا تاب فلطف الله جل وعلا اقتوى ان لا يعاقب التائب بل يعفو عنه ان الله يحب التوابين ويحب المطهرين يقول جل وعلا واني لغفار لمن تاب يقول في الايه الاخرى في ال عمران قل ان كنتم تحبون الله فاتبعوني واحبكم لماذا تنال محبه الله لا تنال الا بمتابعه رسول الله موجب كلام الله كل هذه الايات فيها اثبات المحبه لله جل وعلا إن كنتم تحبون الله فاتبعوني وحبكم. يقول فسوف يأتي الله بقوم يحبهم ويحبونه. إن الله يحب الذين يقاتلون في سبيله كأنهم بنيان مرصوص. قوله الغفور الودود، الودود هو المحب والمودة هي المحبة. فكل هذه الآيات تتعلق بما لله جل وعلا من صفة السمع والبصر والإرادة المشيئة كما يقول ما شاء الله كان العبد مهما شاء إذا لم يكن الله قد شاءها أن يتم ذلك الأمر الذي يريد يحاوله العبد يتم ما شاء ما شاء الله كان وما لم يشاء لم يكن يقول هنا قل فسوف ياتي الله بقوم يحبهم ويحبونه يقول جل وعلا ان الله يحب الذين يقاتلون في سبيله صفا كانهم بنيان مرصوص يعني ان هؤلاء المقاتلين انما يقاتلون في سبيل الله ليس للمغنم ولا للوطن ولا كذا لا يقاتلون يرجون ثواب الله في سبيله يقول في الاخر الايه وهو الغفور الودود ينبغي للمؤمن وهو يقرا مثل هذه الايات أن يحرص على أن يتصور أن محبة الله لا تشبه بمحبة الخلق ومودة الله جل وعلا لا تشبه بمودة ود الخلق إذا شك الله يحب والعبد يحب وليست المحبة كالمحبة الله يحب كرم منه وإحسانا بالعبد العبد يحب الله لأن كل خير من الله العبد له مشيئة لكنها مشيئة مقيدة لا تتجاوز إرادة الله أما مشيئة الله فلا تقهر ما شئت كان وما لم تشأ لم يكن
يأتي بعد ذلك إن شاء الله الإشارة إلى رحمة الله ومغفرته ويتبع ذلك فنسأل الله جل وعلا أن ينفعنا جميعا بما نسعى ولا نطيق الشيخ حفيظه الله تعالى He began by praising Allah Azzawajal and seeing His forgiveness and seeking refuge in Allah Azzawajal from the evil of ourselves and the evil of our deeds. And He bore witness to the oneness of Allah Azzawajal. He is alone and He has no partners. To Him is the dominion. And Muhammad Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam is the slave and messenger and his Khalil. Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam gave the message. He fulfilled the trust. في كتب تتعلق بمذهب الشيعه الاثني عشريه ان شاء الله بعد الدرس توزع على الاخوان. And fought with him and fought after him, meaning after the death of the Prophet, they continued to fight for the sort of Islam. They carried the flag of Islam, they carried the flag of Tawheed and Islamic propagation until the religion became spread throughout the earth. So may Allah make us from amongst those who are sincere in our love for them, or May Allah make us those who are sincere in our love of Him, our love of His Prophet, and our love of His companions. And may Allah make us from those who say, after them, O oh Allah forgive us and our brothers who have preceded us in, in faith, and do not make any dislike for, for them in our hearts. Then He went on to say that that which is mentioned in this chapter by Shaykh al-Islam Ahmed ibn Abdul Halim, Rahimahullah Ta'ala in Al-Aqeel Al-Wasatiyah The Shaykh mentioned some of that which was mentioned last week and this was in response to uh, or this treaty was written in response to the people from Wasit who had requested from Shaykh Al-Islam to write down the belief of the people of Iman and the Shaykh mentioned Habibullah Ta'ala that which was mentioned last week was about hearing and sight. How do we affirm for Allah these attributes? We affirm these attributes because Allah has mentioned them in the Quran. Allah has mentioned that He is the all-hearing, the all-seeing. So that which Allah has affirmed for Himself in the Quran, or the Prophet has affirmed for Him in the Sunnah, we believe in it. And we understand that there is nothing similar to Allah. There is no one similar to Allah. And Allah is the all-hearing and Allah is the all-seeing. Did not Allah say to Musa and Harun, the two prophets, Verily I am with you, I hear and I see. So Allah affirmed sight and He affirmed hearing for Himself. But there is nothing similar to Allah. There is no one in the creation who is similar to Allah Azza wa Jal. The Shaykh mentioned an example of what is the distance between the heavens and the earth? What is the distance between the, the different heavens? There is a tremendous 
space between the heavens and the earth. But Allah Azawajal can hear everything that takes place with His creation. As was mentioned in the Surah Aisha radiallahu in Surah Qad Sami'ah, a woman came to the Prophet وسلم, and complained to him something which was mentioned to her about her son, about her husband. The Prophet وسلم, sat in the house with this woman listening to her complaints. Aisha radiallahu said, I was in the room and I heard some of her complaints and some of her complaints I could not hear. But verily Allah who is above the seven heavens, he heard everything. So we understand that there is nothing similar to Allah Azza there is nothing similar to His names and His attributes. Allah hears everything. And every characteristic which is of perfection, it is for Allah Azza So everything that Allah has affirmed for Himself in the Qur'an, we believe in it. Then the Shaykh went on to mention Habib Allah Ta'ala, this chapter title which is placed here is not by Shaykh al-Islam ibn Taymiyyah, but it is by the individual who gathered or compiled the book. In these next few verses we will be doing the affirmation of the will of Allah Azawajal. And the first verse which is mentioned from Surah Al-Kahf, Allah Ta'ala mentioned, وَلَوْ لَا إِدَّخَلْتَ جَنَّتَكَ قُلْتَ مَا شَاءَ اللَّهُ لَا قُوَّةَ إِلَّا بِاللَّهِ This was with regards to the individual who was very dazzled. And he was very, uh, no, nah, he was very dazzled with his crops, with his, his gardens. He was very impressed by that which was present in his gardens. And the Shaykh mentioned Habib Allah Ta'ala, it is befitting that the individual, if he has a blessing, that he's very diligent in remembering that this blessing is from Allah Azza wa Jal. The blessing is from Allah, Subhanahu wa Ta'ala. So the individual, it was said to him, if you enter into your garden, you should say, that which Allah wills, I have no might except by way of Allah Azawajal. So you should not be prideful. If you look at that which is in your garden of beauty, of, of, of bliss, of, of crops, you should refer this back to Allah Azawajal and you should not be dazzled in the lights. In the next verse, from Surah Al-Baqarah, where Allah Taala mentioned about those who were killed, and He mentioned those who believed and those who disbelieved. Everything which took place at the death of the believers and everything which took place at the death of the disbelievers, it was known by Allah before it took place. Allah Taala gave the humans intellect, which is ready to accept the truth and distinguish between the the right and the wrong. The intellect can distinguish between that which is beneficial and that which is harmful. But if Allah Azza wa Jalla, and Allah Azza wa Jalla, if Allah wanted to, He could have made everyone one nation. But Allah Taala wanted to distinguish between those who deserve the, the reward and those who deserve the punishment. And Allah has done so with wisdom. So everything which takes place in the creation, it is from the wisdom of Allah Azawajal and it is not independent of the knowledge of Allah. So if Allah so it is not independent of the knowledge of Allah Azawajal and it is exactly according to how Allah decreed uh, the things that would take place. Then he mentioned the next verse in Surah Al-Ma'idah where Allah talks about the animals which are permissible for us 
to, to hunt the game which is permissible for us to hunt. And the Shaykh mentioned, Habibullah Ta'ala, that Allah will test his servants. Allah has given you, as Allah mentioned in Surah Al-Balad, وَحَدَيْنَاهُمْ نَجْدَيْنِ We have guided them to both paths. So Allah has guided you to the path that if you tread this path and traverse this path, it will lead you to everlasting bliss. But if you traverse the other path, it would lead to your destruction. So it is upon an individual to use the intellect which Allah has given him. And the Shaykh mentioned Habib Allah Ta'ala, in this surah, Allah Azzawajal is mentioning the animals which are permissible for the Muslims to hunt. The Shaykh mentioned Habib Allah Ta'ala that Bani Israel, the Jews, Allah Azzawajal forbade them from hunting on or fishing on Saturday. But they noticed that on Saturdays, which was the day that it was not permissible for them to, to, to fish, the fish would come to the, the top of the ocean. It would come to the shore. So they said, what should we do? These individuals who were deviants and these individuals who were astray, they said, what should we do? So they put their nets out. So they put their nets out on Friday night. And then on Saturday, they did not perform the fishing, but the fish went into the nets, and then on Sunday they would take the nets. So they find they found a way to get around the prohibition of Allah Azawajal. So the Shaykh mentioned, so these individuals tried these individuals tried to get away from the prohibition of their Lord Ta'ala. So there was individuals who was from amongst them, from amongst Bani Israel. They said why do you do this? And he obeyed the orders of Allah Azza wa Jal. They, fe- they feared the punishment of Allah Azza wa Jal. So they wanted to stop their companions, they wanted to stop their people from fishing on this particular day and going around the prohibitions of Allah Azza wa Jal. So another people came to them and they said, Why are you, and this is the Shaykh mentioned this, Habibullah Ta'ala, to show that even though we understand it, that if Allah Azawajal has decreed that someone is astray, we should not give up hope, we should not despair for guidance of that individual. So some individuals, a third party, came to those individuals and they said, لِمَا تَعَيْدُونَ قَوْمًا إِلَّهَ Why are you admonishing a people that Allah would punish them with a severe punishment? Why are you admonishing them? Leave them alone. They said, مَعْذِرَةً إِلَى رَبِّكُمْ we are doing this to have an excuse with Allah and it's possible that they would fear Allah. So this shows you the Shaykh Habib Allah Ta'ala used this as a proof to show that even if Allah has decreed that a person is going astray, it does not mean that you give up hope and you abandon the individual. You should still try to admonish the individual to guide the person back to the truth. Then the Shaykh said Habib Allah Ta'ala, but look at the comparison of the Muslimun. In this verse in Surah Al-Ma'idah, when Allah ordered the people that it is permissible for you to hunt this game. You can hunt the, 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 the cows, you can, you can hunt the camels, you can hunt the sheep, you can hunt the goats. But you cannot do so while you are in a state of ihram. You cannot do so if you are in a state of ihram. So did the Muslims, the Shaykh mentioned Habibullah Ta'ala, did the Muslims do like the Jews did? Did they try to find a way to go around the orders of Allah? No. 
immediately they submitted to the orders of Allah. Even though the sheep and the goats and everything was became numerous in front of them, the believers abandoned this in submission to the orders of Allah Azza Then the Shaykh mentioned Habib Allah Ta'ala, so now, Now, so the Shaykh mentioned Habib Allah Ta'ala, we should understand that that which Allah Azza wa Jal decrees, whether it is an order or whether it is, or whether it isn't a prohibition, that Allah don't, only does it for a reason. Allah does it for a wisdom. Now, then the Shaykh mentioned Habib Allah Ta'ala, the next verse. فَمَنْ يُرِدِ اللَّهُ أَنْ يَهْدِيَهُ يَشْرَحْ صَدْرَهُ لِلْإِسْلَامِ Whoever Allah wants to guide, Allah makes his heart or his chest, uh, Allah opens his chest for Islam. And whoever Allah wants to lead astray, Allah makes his chest hard, difficult, as if he's going up in the sky. The Shaykh mentioned Habib Allah Ta'ala. We should understand this verse informs us that guidance is not in the hands of the individual, but guidance is from Allah Azza and because of that, Allah Taala has ordered and legislated that every day we constantly supplicate to Allah to guide us to the correct path. We do, do this at least, uh, you know, at least five different times a day. We ask Allah Azza and the five, the five uh, salawats, the five daily prayers. We ask Allah Azza to guide us to the straight path. So when we do so, we are admitting to Allah that we do not have guidance, or guidance is not in our hands, but it is in the hands of Allah Azza wa Jal. As Allah Taala mentioned about His Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, إِنَّكَ لَا تَحْدِي إِلَى سِرَاطِ الْمُسْتَقِيمِ Verily, إِنَّكَ لَا تَحْدِي إِنَّكَ لَا تَحْدِي مَنْ أَحْبَبْتَ Verily, you cannot guide whom you will. This was said about the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, you cannot guide whom you will. So verily, it is through the guidance of Allah Azza wa Jal, so the individual should constantly seek the guidance of Allah Azza wa Jal. Then the Shaykh mentioned Habib Allah We should understand that the, the want and the will of Allah is divided into two categories. The first is that which is legislated. This is that which Allah wants and that which Allah is pleased with. The second is that which Allah has legislated. It may be, and it may not be what He wants, but Allah has decreed that it will take place. It is that which Allah has decreed, it will take place. And it would take place. Because this is that which the Qalam, this is that which is written in the Loh al-Mahbub, the preserved tablets. That which the Qalam wrote, when Allah said, write everything that would take place until the Day of Judgment. This falls under the second category, which is the will of Allah Azza wa Jal, which is uh, nah, that which would take place. The first is that which Allah legislates, or that which Allah wants. And the second is that which Allah has legislated would take place, even if he does not want it, Taala, meaning he's not pleased with it. Not that he doesn't want it, but he, Taala, is not pleased with it, but he has decreed that it would take place. Then the Shaykh mentioned Habib Allah Ta'ala, the individual who it is not, has, it has not been decreed for this individual to be guided, this individual finds difficulty in performing good deeds, as if he is going up. As if this individual is going up, like a person going up a, a, a flight of stairs, he finds his chest to be very difficult. This is the type, uh, or this is the type of feeling for the individual that Allah has not decreed for him guidance. Then the Shaykh mentioned Habib Allah Taala, the following verses about the love of Allah Azza wa Jal, the love of Allah Azza wa Jal, which is befitting for His Majesty. 
And the Shaykh mentioned Habib Allah Ta'ala that the Prophet said, Verily Allah has written perfection for everything. So if you understand that Allah has written and legislated perfection for everything, then you should be very diligent in every action that you seek to perform. You should do it in the best of manners. You should do it in a manner which is befitting and or in a manner which is pleasing to Allah and Allah will bless the action because of that. So in this verse you have that Allah loves. And likewise in the next verse, وَأَقْسِتُوا إِنَّ اللَّهِ يُحِبُّ الْمُحْسِتِينَ Allah loves those who are just. Al-Qist is that you are just. You are just in, in your dealings. So the Shaykh mentioned Habib Allah Ta'ala, that which Allah, Allah has ordered us that when we deal with the people, we deal with them justly. And we are good to those who do good. We are good to those who do good. Those individuals who uh, implement the orders of Allah, we are good to those individuals. And then the Shaykh mentioned, so if an individual obeys Allah, and he submits to the religion of Islam, we are just to those individuals. As Allah Ta'ala says, uh, in the part, If they are upright with you, then it is upon you to be upright with them. And then the next verse in Surah Al-Baqarah, where Allah mentions At-Tawwabin, and verily At-Tawwab, he is the one who seeks repentance. He knows that he has a sin, and he knows that seeking forgiveness for this sin is something pleasing to Allah Azawajal. So if the individual falls and this is something which is displeasing to Allah, he immediately repents to Allah. And he knows that Allah Taala does not punish the one who repents. Allah Azawajal from his mercy is that he does not punish the individual who repents as Allah Taala said, وَإِنِّي لَغَفَّارٌ As Allah Taala mentioned, and verily I am the all-forgiving to the person who repents. Then he mentioned the other verses in Surah Ali Imran, in kuntum, kul in kuntum Allah Verily, if you love Allah, then follow me. The Shaykh mentioned Habib Allah Ta'ala, how do we gain the love of Allah? We gain the love of Allah by following the Prophet Muhammad Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. Then he said in all of these verses, you have the affirmation that Allah Azza loves. Likewise, Al-Wudud. Allah Ta'ala is an extreme form, it's an extreme form of love, and this is also affirmed for Allah Azza wa Jal. So all of these verses that we've mentioned tonight, all of them uh, are uh, affirmation for the different sifat of Allah, as-sam, hearing, al-basr, sight, irada, want and will, and likewise, uh, the love of Allah Azza wa Jal. Then the Shaykh mentioned Habib Allah Ta'ala, about the muqatilin, those who fought in the way of Allah, he went back to the verse uh, Allah Ta'ala mentioned those who fought in the way, na'am. Na'am, in Surah Al-Saq, verily Allah loves those who fight in the way of Allah as if they are one structure. And then he mentioned these are those who fight in the way of Allah that they do not fight for the country, they do not fight for pride, but indeed they fight for the reward of Allah and they fight in the way of Allah Then the Shaykh mentioned Habib Allah Ta'ala, it is befitting that an individual when he reads these verses and he reads these attributes of Allah, that he understands that the love of Allah is not similar to the love of his creation. The creation love, and Allah loves, but the loves are different. Just like the creation, uh, the Shaykh mentioned Habib Allah Ta'ala, Naam, that's also the Mashia. We have a will, and Allah has a will, but our will is limited. We cannot do or wish to do something except that Allah Azza wa decrees it. Whereas the will of Allah, it is unlimited. 
Allah can do that which He wills, Allah does that which He wishes. So that which Allah wills, it will take place. And that which Allah doesn't will, it would not take place. And then inshallah next week we will continue with the other verses as it pertains to the mercy of Allah and the forgiveness of Allah. Then the Shaykh Habib Allah mentioned at the end of the lesson, he has those books which he mentioned about the Aqidah of the Ithnay Hashariya of the Shia. He has the books and we will get, uh, distribute them after the lessons. قل السعد ما نصيحتكم لمن يؤمن بقضاء الله وقدره ولكن لما يذكر لما يذكر الأمور المستقبلية لا يقول إن شاء الله فما نصيحتكم له ينبغي للمسلم أن يتعاهد نفسه في أن يقول من كثار أمر الله الله يقول ولا تقولن للشيء إني فاعل ذلك غدا إلا أن يشاء يحتاج المسلم إلى أن يوطن نفسه على أن يربط الأمور بمشيئة الله يوقن بأن ما شاء الله سيكون وما لم يشأه لو اجتهد واجتهد معهم من على وجه الأرض لم نسمع في حديث النبي ابن عباس واعلم انه لو اجتمع من في الارض ان ينفعوك بشيء ما نفعوك الا بشيء كتبه الله ولو ارادوا ان يضروك ما ضروك بشيء لا قد كتبه الله يعني لو اجتمعوا ينفعوك بشيء لم يكتبه الله ما لم يحصل يوطن المسلم نفسه ويتعاهد ان الشيطان يحرص على ان يغفل ابن ادم عن اعلان ان شاء الله يحتاج الواحد ان يكون في كثير اموره مستذكرا قال سوف اتي يوم الغدر ان شاء الله ساحفظ الدرس ان شاء الله ساذهب لعمل ما يربط هذا العمل بمشيئه الله لانه ان كان الله شاء اتمام ذلك العمل وان شاء وان لم يشاء مهما اجتهد العبد لا يصل الى شيء What's your advice? The question is as to what's your advice from an, for an individual who mentions uh, future plans but does not say inshallah, but he decrees, he believes in the qadr of Allah. The Sheikh said it is befitting that a Muslim conditions himself uh, to the orders of Allah, or, you know, tries his best to fulfill the orders of Allah. As Allah mentioned, a person should not say, in Surah Al-Kaf, a person should not say, إِنِّي فَائِلُ ذَلِكَ غَدًا إِلَّا أَنْ يَشَاءَ اللَّهِ That Allah said in Surah Al-Kaf, that Allah, that uh, a person should not say, I'm going to do something tomorrow, except that they say, uh, if Allah wills. So a person needs to condition themselves that they always refer, or they always attach the affairs to the will of Allah Azza wa Jal. That which Allah decrees will take place, and that which Allah doesn't decree will take place. Even... As is mentioned uh, in the hadith of Ibn Abbas, if the people of the world were to come together to try to benefit you, they would not benefit you except that Allah wrote it for you. 
And if they came together to try to harm you, they would not be able to harm you except that Allah wrote it against you. Then the Shaykh mentioned Allah Ta'ala that the Shaytan is very diligent in making a person uh, heedless about attaching his affairs to the will of Allah Azza wa Jal. So a person should be reminded that that which Allah wills will take place and that which he doesn't will will not take place. So for example, the person when they say I will come tomorrow, they should say inshallah. Or they would say I would mem- memorize the lesson, they should say inshallah. So whatever the person does, they should say inshallah. And they should attach the affair to the will of Allah Azawajal and that which Allah wills will take place and that which Allah doesn't will will not take place. كيف نفهم ما ذكر عن بعض الصلاه انهم قالوا ليس ليس للمبتدئ توبه المبتدئ استحدث البدعه استحدثها وهو يرى ان هذه هي الصواب وليس معناها ان ما له توبه ما تقبل الكلام لا لكن الغالب على من يبتدع في الدين انه لا يتوب يرى ان بدعته هي الاحسن مع غفلته ان الاحسن هو ما قضاه الله لا ما ابتدع الخلق ولذلك يغلب ان المبتدع لا يتوب واما المذنب الذي يعصي الله الانسان قد يزني يشرب الخمر يسرق يتوب قد يقتل ولو قتل قصاصا لكن اذا تاب نفعه نفعته ثوبه اما اذا قتل نفسا مؤمنا متعمدا بغير حال فقتل لانه قاتل ولم يترك هذا النعم اما اذا تاب قبل ان يقتل ونزل فحق الله جل وعلا يزول التوبه وحقوق العباد لا تبقى حتى يحصل التراضي او يتم اعطائهم حقهم The question was how do we understand what was mentioned by some of the salaf that the innovator there is no repentance for the innovator Sheikh mentioned Habib Allah Ta'ala that that statement uh, of the Salaf is about the individual who invented in the religion. And the, individu- and the individual who invented in the religion, he feels that that which he has invented is correct. So this statement doesn't mean that if the individual repents, sincerely repents to Allah, that Allah would not accept it. But that which is meant is that the majority of the times this type of individual does not repent because he feels that that which he is upon is correct and it is legislated. But the reality is that which is correct and that which is legislated is that which Allah has legislated. So what is understood is the majority of the time an individual who invents in a religion, he does not repent. Unlike 
the individual who sins. If a person commits fornication, or if a person drinks alcohol, or if a, or if a person steals, this person repents to Allah, even if they are caught, and the capital punishment is implemented upon the individuals. For example, if he killed someone, so he is killed. But if the individual repents before he is killed, then this repentance is accepted. And the Shaykh mentioned likewise, an individual who is caught for killing a believer, and he is killed before he repents, this individual will be in hellfire. But if an individual has killed another believer, but he repents before he is killed, then this repentance benefits this individual and is accepted by Allah Azza wa Jalla. يقول يقول الساعي يا شيخنا الفاضل نود منكم الفرق نود أو نطلب منكم الفرق بين الإرادة الكونية والإرادة الشرعية الإرادة الكونية هي التي قدرها الله جل وعلا أن تحدث هي قد كتبها الله جل وعلا عندما امر القلم ان يكتب قال وما اكتب قال اكتب ما هو كائن الى قيام الساعه فلا يمكن ان يحدث شيء مطر عصير شيء الا بقضاء الله وقدره المشيئه الاراده الشرعيه التي يحبها الله هو يريد من العبد ان يؤمن يريد منه ان يحافظ على الصلاه يريد منه ان يحسن للناس واحسن لله يحب المحسنين الاراده الشرعيه قد تحصل وقد لا تحصل قد يحصل المطلب او لا يحصل اما الاراده القدريه التي مقدره على الناس قبل ان يخلقوا هذه لا مجال ولذلك لما قال النبي الصحابه بانتظار تجهيز قبر من سيدفن قال لهم ما منكم من احد الا عرف مكانه من جنه او نار قالوا اذا فيما العمل يا رسول الله قال لا فكل ميسر لما خلق له Please uh, give us clarification about the difference between an iradil qawniyyah, which uh, the will of Allah Azza wa the want of Allah, and if somebody remembers the translation of qawniyyah, please inform me, and al iradil sharia, which is the legislated will of Allah Azza wa Jal. The qawniyyah, the iradil qawniyyah, is that which Allah Subhanahu wa Taala decreed, and He wrote. When he ordered the pen to write everything that would take place until the day of judgment, that which Allah decreed, everything that would take place, such as the the rain, such as the the hurricanes, every single thing that Allah wrote that would take place is considered from al irada al qawmiyah. Whether Allah is pleased with it or whether Allah Azza is not pleased with it, but Allah decreed that it would take place. Al irada sharia is that which Allah loves. 
is that which Allah loves. For example, Allah wants the servant to believe. Allah wants the person to preserve his prayers. Allah wants the person to be good to others. This is al-irada, a legislated uh, will. But the legislated will, Allah wanted to take place, but it may take place or may not. Allah did not write that it takes place. Allah legislated it, meaning Allah wanted to take place, but Allah did not write that it takes place. Some people believe, some people don't believe. So this is the difference between the Qawmiyyah and the Shariah. The Shaykh mentioned Habib Allah Ta'ala. Another example of the Qawmiyyah, the first, everything that Allah decreed that would take place. One time the companions were sitting and they were preparing the grave for an individual to be buried. And the Prophet ﷺ said to them, there is none from amongst you except that his place in paradise or in the hellfire is known. It is written for him already. So the Sahaba said, Ya Rasulullah, so why are we acting? The Prophet ﷺ said, continue to act for everyone would have ease and that which he was created for. So this is Al-Irada Al-Qawniyya. يقول السائل ما ما هي سيكة النهوض إلى السجود أو النزول إلى السجود هل مقدم عيدينا أو ماذا؟ الحديث أن النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم قال لا يفرك الإنسان في صلاته بروك بعيد واختلف العلماء في هذا الموضوع البعير عندما يفرك هو ينزل على اول ما يصل منه ركبتين ابن ادم يمكن يصل لكن ليس المقصود هذا البعير عندما يريد ان يفرك ينحط وجهه راسه في الارض فيكون مؤخرا هو المرتفع امام من حوله ويكون بتلك الصوره إذا أراد الإنسان أن يفرك كما يفرك في كأنما يوجه للناس دبرة مؤخرة النبي قال لا يفرك فرك البعيد ينبغي أن يكون جلوسا على حسب الاستطاعة أيضا جلوسا متهيأ بحيث تصل ركبتائه الذين يقولون انه هكذا قالوا ان ركبتي البعير في مقدمه وابن ادم ركبتاه في ساقين واختلف العلماء بما فيهم الصحابه منهم من يقول يقدم يديه سجوده يقول لا لكن الراجح لرجوع العلماء ان المقصود انه يكون في هبوطه للسجود حريصا على ان يكون بطريقه كريمه على حسب لكن العاجز الذي لا يستطيع يستطيع ان يهوي بالسجود الا ان يقدم يديه هذا معذور خاصة الإنسان إذا كبر السنة أو كانت تؤلمه ركبتاه وذلك لا يستطيع أن يعتمد على الركبتين 
يجلس نزولا هادئا الله يقول فاتقوا الله ما استطعتم. The individual is asking what's the correct manner of going down in sujood. Should you go with your hands first or your knees? The Shaykh mentioned Hadith Allah Ta'ala that the Prophet said in the Hadith do not go down in your prayer like the uh, like the camel. And the scholars dis- disagree in this regard. Does this mean that the individual goes up, down on when they go down when they go down into prostration? Do they go down on their knees first, or their hands first? And the Sheikh mentioned Habibullah Taala. If you were to look at the camel, if you were to view the camel, the camel goes down on the front first, and his rear end is up in the air. So if an individual goes down on his hands first, this is similar to the camel, which the Prophet Sallallahu has forbade that we go down similar to. Then the Shaykh mentioned Habibullah Ta'ala, it's befitting for, and he mentioned the fact that some of the other scholars, they say, no, but the, the camel has knees in the front and knees in the back. So when it goes down on its front, meaning the Prophet is saying, don't go down on your knees first. So this is the ikhtilaf. But the Shaykh mentioned Habibullah Ta'ala, even the Sahaba, they disagreed in this regard. Some of them said, some of them said that you should go down on your hands first, and some of them said that you should go down on your knees first. The Shaykh said, Habibullah Ta'ala, the most correct opinion is that when a person goes down into sajda, they should go down in a befitting manner. They should not have their rear end up in the air, so they should go down on their knees first. But if the individual does not have the ability due to old age or due to uh, difficulty, then Allah Ta'ala says, fear Allah to the best of your ability. يقول السائلة هل يجوز للمرأة المسلمة أن تدرس تجويد عند رجل مسلم قد بلغ عمره ستين سنة؟ هل يجوز للمرأة المسلمة أن تدرس التجويد تجويد القرآن عند رجل كبير السن؟ إذا كانت محتجبة أينظر إليها إنه فقط يصنع صوتها فلا حرج اللهم اذا كانت تبادله الكلام ويرى وجهه ويرى حركات شفتيه وكذا المساله ليست لازمه يعني يمكن يقصد الانسان على تجويد القران بدون هذا Females asking, is it permissible for a female to study تجويد القران with a male teacher who has reached 60 years old? Very old. The Shaykh mentioned Habibullah Ta'ala, if she's wearing the correct hijab and he cannot see her face and the only thing that is between them is that he hears her voice then there's no problem in doing so. But if this requires that she speaks to him other speech than the Qur'an and likewise he's able to look at her face and they have conversation between them then this is not uh, befitting because it is not mandatory and it is possible for her to learn tajweed of the Qur'an through another means. Someone mentioned that al-irad al-qawniyya was a universal word. 
and I was requesting the translation, somebody sent it up as universal. يقول السائل أحيانا في الدوام يقصد في الدوام أحيانا الذي يؤمنا في الصلاة يستعجل ولا أستطيع إدراك أركان الصلاة أو واجبات الصلاة فماذا عليه؟ كن حريصا على المتابعة لا تتأنى إذا رفع رأسه من الركوع تزيد التسبيحات والحركة فيهوي ساجدا لاحظ الامام اذا كان الامام يخفف الصلاه ويستعجل رتب نفسك على ان تكون حريصا على موافقته ومع ذلك ينبغي للواحد ان يحرص ان يحترى صلاه المسجد الامام الذي يتأنى ما يستعجل لكن اذا حشيت فاقرا الواجب فقط قل في الركوع ولو واحد سبحان ربي العظيم قل في السجود ولو واحد سبحان ربي الاعلى قل بعد الرفض ربنا لك الحمد او ربنا ولك الحمد يعني اختزل الكلمات حتى تحسن لان الماموم مطلوب ان يتابع الامام ولا يجعل بين انتقاله من وضع الى وضع اي ساعه إذا قال كبر فكبروا العقد بحرف الفاء في اللغة العرب يقتضي الترتيب والموالاة. If he goes into a position, then you should immediately follow him. You should not take your time. So if the imam uh, prays quickly, you should try to organize your, yourself and your salat so that you follow him in the prayer. But it's also befitting that the person who is selected to lead the prayer, this individual is someone who takes his time and he does not rush. But if he does rush, then you should shorten your statements. For example, when you go into Rukur, you should say Subhana Rabbil Azim one time. If you go into, if you come up from Rukur, Rabbana Walakal Hamd, you shouldn't say long statements. If you go into Sujood, Subhana Rabbil A'la, even one time. That which is, uh, that which is mandatory upon the individual who is being led is that he follows the Imam. So there shouldn't be a great amount of time between you moving, you moving after him. As the Prophet said, if the Imam makes takbir, you make takbir. So that means you should do it after him and immediately after him. من املاك، هل نفهم من هذه الآية أنه لا يجوز تأخير الإنجاب لمن تزوج؟ الذي يقول تزاوجوا توالدوا فإني مكافر بكم الأمم والمواليد إذا كانوا مسلمين يعبدون الله جل وعلا إذا 
كثره العباده التي فيها اخلاص لله كثر الخير باذنه تعالى جل وعلا ينبغي الانسان ان يكون واثقا بالله بان الرزق منه ويقول لا اريد الانجاب اخشى اعجز عن الانفاق او يقول عندي خمسه لا يحتاج ان يزيد ما يدري هو قد لا قد يموت الخمسه كلهم بعد ان يتجاوز سن الانجاب قد يحس المسلم على الانجاب مع التوكل على الله الامور كلها وما من دابه في الارض الا على الله رزقه. Individuals asking about the statement of Allah and do not kill your children out of fear of poverty. Does this mean that uh, it is not permissible to delay having children? The Shaykh mentioned Habib Allah Ta'ala. The Prophet mentioned you should marry because verily I am going to compete with the number of followers of my ummah, my nation. And the Shaykh mentioned Habib Allah Ta'ala. So if we have more Muslim children that worship Allah, or if we have more Muslim children and they worship Allah upon sincerity, this is something good. So the individual should put their trust in Allah and know that the provisions are from Allah and you should not fear poverty. You do not know that which Allah would decree for you. There are some individuals they say, I have five, so I'm going to stop at five. You do not know, it's possible that all of those five die. So that which is upon the believer is to put their trust in Allah يقول الشخص ما حكم من دعا عند قبر النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم مع اعتقاده ان الدعاء هنا مستجاب او معذرة مع اعتقاده ان النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم يسمع الدعاء الداعي لو ان لو كان هذا امرا مقبولا لبينه النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم زيارة قبر النبي ليست للطلبات إنما بإجلاله صلى الله عليه وسلم وتحصيل الأجر بالصلاة عليه لا أن يسأل فالنبي ما قال إن الدعاء عند قبره مستجاب ولا قال إن الدعاء عند القبور مستجاب القبور المشروع عندها السلام على الأموات لذلك لا يشرع عند قبر النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم وقبر صاحبيه ان الانسان يعرض مطالبه وحاجاته انما يفعل ما كان يفعله الصحابه لا يزيد احدهم على السلام على النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم ثم السلام على صاحبه ينبغي للمسلم واذا اراد ان يدعو اذا يصلي الركعتين في المسجد ثم يدعو فيهما وبعدهما Individuals asking, what is, what is the ruling upon the individual who supplicates into the Prophet's grave and they believe that the Prophet can hear? The Shaykh mentioned Habib Allah Ta'ala. If this was something which was legislated, it would have been clarified by the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. Visiting the Prophet's grave Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam is not so that you can seek that which you wish. But rather, visiting the Prophet's grave is done out of respect for him and seeking the reward by sending prayers upon him. 
Prophet did not say to his companions that supplicate, supplication at my grave is, is heard and it is answered. So it is, thus it is not something which is legislated. But that which is legislated is that we send peace upon those who are buried. We send peace upon the Prophet we send peace upon Abu Bakr and Umar. But we do not seek from them any of our needs. And the Shaykh mentioned Habib Allah Ta'ala, if the individual wants to supplicate, if they enter into the masjid, they should pray any place in the masjid, and they supplicate before the prayer, or they supplicate after the prayer, but not that they visit the grave of the Prophet with this supplication. يقول السؤال كيف نتعامل مع شخص ادعى أو يدعي أن شخص آخر يتعامل مع سحر بدون دليل ولا برهان؟ كيف نتعامل مع شخص يدعي على شخص آخر أنه يتعامل مع سحر وبدون دليل؟ الذي يدعي على أحد بأنه يتعاطى السحر دون أن يثبت ينبغي أن يعد لأن نسبة عمل السحر لأحد ظلم للشخص الذي ليس يعمل ذلك العمل المسلم يجب أن يتجنب الاعتداء ولا شك أن نسبة شخص إلى أنه يتعاطى السحر وهذا ليس بحق أن هذا عدوان يحتاج إلى أن يؤدب إذا كانت تعدد المعتدين على الناس. The Sheikh Habib Allah Ta'ala mentioned, or the question is, how do we deal with an individual who has accused another individual of performing magic without proofs? The Sheikh mentioned that an individual who has accused another person of performing magic without proofs, then this person should be uh, admonished. This person should be admonished. And other things as well, punished in the likes. Because indeed, accusing an individual of performing magic without proofs, this is considered oppression. It's considered, it is considered oppression if that individual has not done so. Obviously, the Shaykh mentioned Habib Allah Ta'ala that we are not to harm others. But the individual who has accused another individual of performing magic, this is a, an absolute harm to that individual. So this person should be uh, admonished and this person should be uh, punished if there is the possibility of doing so. ولا ولا يسمح للولد الدخول فيها بعد السن العاشر فتقول هل يجوز لي ان انزع حجابي لهذه المنتزهات امام هؤلاء الاولاد الذين وصلوا والذين دون سن العشر العاشر الذي دون سن العاشره هذا لم يبلغ الحلم والحجاب للمراه انما هو عمن بلغوا الحلم 
اما الصيد هذا لم يطلع على عورات النساء لا يعرف شيء هذا ولو عرف لا يخشى منه فلا Females asking about uh, different types of parks and boys that attend these parks uh, they are prevented from attending the park if they go over 10. So is it permissible for the woman to remove her hijab in these types of parks? The Sheikh mentioned Abi the person who has, or the boy who has not reached the age of 10 and he's under 10, then he has not reached the age of puberty. And the female, it is legislated for her to cover uh, it is not legislated for her to cover for the boy who has not reached the age of puberty. So it, as long as these boys have not reached the age of puberty, then it is permissible for her to not wear the hijab in their company. And likewise, the Sheikh mentioned the child who, under the age of puberty, he doesn't know about the aura of the woman. And even if he knows about the aura of the woman, as long as he has not reached the age of puberty, there's no problem in her removing her hijab in front of these children. يقول السائل في سورة الكهف صاحب الجنتين تابع أو صاحب الجنة تابع وندم على فعله فهل ذكر المفسرون توبة هذا الرجل؟ الله لم يذكر عنها ما الذي نذر لكن المعلوم إحسان الله جل وعلا ونطفه ورحمته أن من تاب صادقا ولم يضر أحدا قبل أن يتوب فإن الله غفور رحيم قوله جل وعلا وإني لغفار لمن تاب هو يحب التوابين ويحب المستغفرين. Person is mentioning in Surah Al-Kahf the individual who had the garden it's mentioned or this individual repented and he regretted so did the scholars of Tafsir they mentioned that this individual repented the Shaykh mentioned that Allah did not mention it but that which is known from the sifat of Allah Azawajal is that Allah is kind and that Allah Ta'ala is merciful. No, those, just to inform the brothers, those who want to leave, that we're going to give out the books, so if any brothers uh, are leaving, the Sheikh mentioned he's going to give out the book right now. Uh, so we'll stop now so we can give out the books maybe. Uh, we're going to stop now, and the Sheikh is going to... Uh, Sheikh mentioned those who can read Arabic, they can read it in Arabic, and those who don't read Arabic and you don't take the book, and if you don't take the book, then we would try to bring other books uh, which you can read in your language, even in your lifetime.